Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, welcome back. An era of change? Or is this the change of an era? I think what we're looking at is the change of an era. Now, it sounds kind of woo but what do I mean by that? Well, first of all, there's a lot of things, both, I mean, everywhere, both politically, socially, economically, spiritually, in flux, in change. And a lot of times, you know, you'll roll around every so five, five to ten years and something will occur and then things will change a little bit and then you'll find something else new. Like, for example, I mean, used to be the world was one way and then the internet hit, right? And then used to be the world was one way and then computers became really, really affordable for everybody. Um, you know, it used to be things were one way and then we got Facebook and Amazon. So those are things that change and change how we look at stuff, right? But this, what I'm thinking about goes deeper. It really does. It goes deeper and gets into the church world, into the spiritual life. Not just in the West, but West, East, North, South, wherever you want to look at it. Because people are looking at things differently. They are looking at spiritual things differently. And to be honest, in the West, with Protestant evangelical society, they are looking at evangelical Protestants differently. But, uh, not everyone in that group is getting it. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I believe, and this is an opinion piece, okay? This is an opinion piece. So I'm just, this, my observation, so to speak, all right? But it seems like, to me, the evangelical church seems to be caught in the 80s. They're stuck in the 80s. 80s were really cool. Uh, That'll date me by saying that very thing, but let me just say this. A lot of church... Things going down, a lot of a lot of activism in the in the in your regular mainstream denominations, uh, Christian contemporary music and choruses, and you know, changing over from from the hymn world to the chorus world and the blended, uh, and everyone was just full swing. You know, uh, Christian bookstores became like commonplace. 
at least in the West. I mean, they started just just everywhere. All of a sudden, you had Zondervan bookstore, family bookstores, other bookstores, you know, Abington bookstores. So it was really, really a thing. Churches had singing Christmas trees. Uh, If you're not in the West, let me just say that it's not a tree that sings Christmas songs. Uh, it, it's uh, they would build these massive Christmas structures uh, at Christmas time uh, in the shape of, of a tree, two stories tall, and then the choir or performers would climb in that thing and sing performances. A lot of really cool stuff. But guess what? See, here's the thing: the eighties are gone. <laughs> They've been gone for a while. But we. And by we, I mean a lot of evangelical Protestant churches are doing the same old, same old, over and over again. They're trying to reach today's people like they did in the 80s. And it's not working. Well, why do I say that? Well, I mean, pull up, pull up a study. Uh, Gallup polls, uh, Pew research, Barna research, uh, you know, and uh, you know, Lifeway to a certain extent. Some of them are going to spend stuff a little on the you know on the sunny side for you, but the bottom line is, is uh, uh, people or groups that are considered cults are gaining ground, and groups that are not are losing ground. Well, why is that? Because we're not connecting. We're not connecting. Uh, so you you might ask, oh, well, okay, well, what do you think the problem is? Well, and I've mentioned this before, we love to pound... On evangelism. Now, there's nothing wrong, and and in fact, it's encouraged, and it's a spiritual discipline, and Jesus said, "Do it." Evangelism, but that is the like step one. It's amazing, and I think I mentioned before how much we talk about death and the cross, and never talk about the resurrection, where the resurrection is supposed to be the good news. That's the good news. Yes, that Jesus died for our sins, yes, but he rose. Because if he didn't rise, guess what? Doesn't mean anything. So here's the thing. And even the Apostle Paul said that. So here's the thing. Evangelism is important, but if you never get into the Word... I mean, line by line, verse by verse. Some of the churches, I think, and some of the groups really that are doing things and are really catching hold are probably, at least in my thoughts, the people who are doing expository preaching. Now, what is that? That's where you're taking the Bible and you're going through a book and you're going line by line, verse by verse. Why? That sounds boring, right? That sounds like, oh man, that's a snoozer. Well, here's the thing, though. You learn about the writer of the book, the purpose of the book, the focus of the book, the people that he was writing it to. What problems were they having? Because what were they trying to do? That's what you get when you do that. 
But it's much more tempting to do thematic kind of stuff. And by thematic, I mean, well, how do I feel good in Jesus? And that's fine, okay, and I'm not knocking it, okay? So you can go Joel Osteen on people, and you need sunshine, believe me. But a steady diet of that doesn't usually make a mature Christian. Why? Not usually, all right? I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm saying that you have to, to mature, you need to know the Word. And you need to be taught the Word. Why do I know that? Because that's what Jesus did the whole time. And yes, he was doing object lessons to, to them, but he was always, always back to the Scripture, back to the Scripture. And by the way, the apostles had most of it memorized already. Because that was the standard of the day. If you were Jewish in Jesus' day, you probably had all of the Old Testament, almost all of it, memorized. So he didn't have to go in and say, hey, turn to verse you know, 42. He, he, he just started talking about a passage, and they knew exactly what he was talking about. Now, so... So, if I'm backing up, I'm saying, well, so you're saying evangelism is a problem. No, I'm saying that, if that's all you're doing, if that's the, the total preoccupation, because here's, here's, the, here's the complication. We think that if we keep pounding people with the gospel, hit them in the head, hit them in the head, hit them in the head, that, that, that'll turn them over. And then... They'll become wonderful church people. They'll come and we'll teach them how to do evangelism. We'll send them out and then they'll bring some more people. We'll bring them in and then we'll teach them, send them out. And then they'll bring you know, bring their tithes and stuff to us. And then everything will be just hunky-dory. And then I never have to really think about the stuff I'm teaching because evangelism one sermon. And it's and, and to be honest, it's being used as an excuse to do to be lazy. Not by everyone, but there are preachers that are using the gospel as a reason to be lazy. Now, I'm probably going to catch superheat for that. But here's the thing: if you know, if the opportunity is there, if 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 a if a preacher does not have the opportunity to get into the word. It may be because their church doesn't want to. And if, and ladies and gentlemen, if you got a group that don't want to get into the Word and they say they're disciples of Jesus, there's a disconnect somewhere. That's a problem. Because if you say you have a relationship with Jesus, you want to know everything about Him. Everything. You want to know what He knew. You want to know what he said, what he, the people that were with him that knew him. You want to know everything. And you'll dig in there, and you'll get excited about it when you find out new things. Because Jesus is teaching you through the Spirit. And if that's not something you're doing, then evaluate Look at your salvation situation. What kind of relationship do you have with Jesus? Now, unfortunately, look, an evangelistic message is super easy. 
I mean, it's one message. Now, yes, it, it, it takes, you know, a Billy Graham to really go in and, you know, somebody's going to knock me in the head and say, oh, I don't, I, I totally disagree. Okay, okay. Hey, that's fine. We can agree to disagree. But here's the deal. You know, you can take that message and, and relay it to certain people groups. That's what Billy Graham was awesome and good at. But also, but he was an evangelist, okay, who traveled around a lot. Someone who is a pastor is supposed to be teaching the word, and that means all of it, not just the Roman road. And here's the complication with the New Age groups is because we don't teach the Bible, people are not getting mature. Why? Because a mature Christian is someone who reaches out to other people, someone who is grounded and able to weather some of the absolute poo that this world will dump on you. That's what a mature Christian can do. And you can't get there without knowing the Word. So, because we don't have more mature Christians, the divorce rate is pretty much the same in and out of the church. doesn't even matter. Now, I'm not saying divorce is, a, you know, is an anathema. I mean, I think people have been beating up divorce people for long enough. But the issue is, is wake up, man. 54% of the U.S. population, I think, is, is divorced. All right? So we need to, you know, th- you know, reach out, ladies and gentlemen. And, and we need to do a, a fundamental rethink about how we're reaching out to people. And then part of the thing with the millennial generation is they, it, with that group and younger, they really don't see the need for church. They don't get it in some ways because they're very active socially. They're very liberal socially, but they're very active socially. They volunteer. They do stuff. They help people. And they're very conservative economically. They save their money. They do some stuff. So they do some very, very, very positive things. And when they look at the church and they see the stuff we're doing... They're, they go, well, I don't get it. <laughs> Why do I need to be part of that? Look at them. They're like, you know, number one, it's like 90% boomers. Baby boomers. What does a baby boomer know about me? The big phrase right now, if you're really just blowing some somebody off, just, just, just brush them off. Give them the, the verbal brush off. Is okay, boomer. That's because, again, the populations, and I've been to several churches, visited several churches, and looked at several services online. A lot of the people now, when you look at the evangelical church population, just look at it. About three quarters of them are over 40, and a quarter of them are under 40, which ought to tell you something. The younger generations don't see the need. They don't see it. They don't get it. And the reason they don't get it is because the church ain't showing them. 
because the church ain't showing them. Because we've got a bunch of 40-year-old babies. 40 and up. You can be, you can be a, a spiritual infant however long it takes. Especially if you want to stay that way. There are some churches that flat want to stay that way. They, we like our group and we don't want any new people in here. Well, guess what? Nail on that coffin. Your church is dying. And you just don't trip and know it. And they're happy that way. They're tripping happy to sit in their own little tomb and, and trip and die. I gotta tell you, that's spooky. So here's the deal. We've got to embrace the word. We have to stop blasting the Pharisees and all the other Jewish groups because we don't understand the New Testament and the social and cultural implications behind that. And understand that, hey, Jesus was was doing it on the inside because he was a Jew, right? Okay, but in, unless you're a, a uh, unless you're a Jewish specialist and you've done research on Jewish people, then don't be blasting Jewish groups because I think God is taking a little bit of of uh, how shall I say, giving us a little divine discipline over that. That's what I think. Because I don't think God appreciates it, appreciates it when we slim his people. And yes, the church is his people too. But, look, okay? I mean, Old Testament, pretty big book, pretty big section, right? So here's the thing. And we've, with that maturity, though, we have to demonstrate it to the world. Because when they see us helping each other, loving each other, loving them, and doing things with them, and teaching them, here's why I didn't lose it when I got this diagnosis that I got. Here, you know, as an example, you know, any people can people can say, here's why when 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 I found out my my spouse was cheating on me, I didn't go go nuts. This is why when when my when my kiddo was killed in the car wreck, I didn't go nuts. The really hard stuff, we only really get the grounding to deal with that when we're mature-er. And you have to do that with the Spirit teaching you through the Word. And you can't do that unless the preachers are doing it. Why don't we send them to seminary for evangelism? You know. Anyway, I mean... There are people that get PhDs in evangelism. Okay, God bless them. If they're gifted, hey, hey. You know, I'm not knocking. not throwing stones that way. I'm just saying this. We have got to, as the church, stop being babies and grow up. And how you grow up is you get into the Word and you do the prayer and you do the Bible study and you do the outreach. And you do it daily if you can that's all I'm saying now now you can ask me well are you doing all that I'm trying am I perfect no but I'm trying I want to 
I really want to. So we need to get our want to fixed. We want to say, I want to do that. I'm going to try. I'm never going to stop trying, no matter what. The prayer Bible study outreach, that's what I'm going to just keep after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with that thought in mind, we always have to go back to Jesus. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, and he was teaching them. Actually, let's go to 19. Here's, here, here's the mandate. The mandate from Jesus is this. It says, go therefore and make disciples. That's the imperative, by the way, in the Greek. That's the imperative. Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them. What? What? Jesus, are you asking us to teach them? Teach them the, the evangelism. Wait, wait. No, no, no. It doesn't. It says... Teach them to observe all that I have commanded. Oh, well, he only commanded us to do evangelism. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. He taught us everything having to do with the Old Testament and everything in the New Testament. So, okay. Says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Always. So, era for change, change of an era, it's the change of an era. We need to get out of the 80s. Get out of the 80s, ladies and gentlemen. Those of you that are, that are stuck there and doing stuff that way, and realize that ain't going to work. Like, you know, the message is still the gospel. Yes, how you present that is got to be to the people. And they've got to see it. Because these new newer generations are out there doing stuff. And if they don't see it in you, they're not going to believe where you say. Because you can't separate the message and the messenger. You can't. And if we're in the power of the Spirit, you don't need to. Right? So, with that in mind, let me throw the positive in here. Always keep on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.